0: we are back again i am the man with technical issues once again but tonight with me my co-host will daughtry what's up and uh co-host in waiting i guess is rich leach from my home state of tennessee so So today's
1: i'm feeling a little outnumbered here now i got tennesseans on both sides of me (laughs) you got to bring some Okies on every once in a while, Chris.
0: Well, that, that's, that's why, you know, that's that's how every war in the United States has been fought. There's at least one Tennessee guy on each side of you. Yeah, we, right. uh, we, we never shy away from it. But, uh, hell, even the Alamo, we had a few t- uh, Tennessee boys down there. That's right,
1: David Crockett, Daniel Boone, huh?
0: Yeah. But uh, tonight's episode is sponsored by Mises Caucus, because if you want to get in fight online, just say you're Mises Caucus. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I, I I'm a part. I'll I'll say this. Full disclosure: I join every caucus that's out there. I'm in the Redacted Caucus, the Mises. I'm in the Pragmags. I'm in the uh, Waffle House, Shoney's. Uh, the we'll talk about this one a little bit later too. But the uh, the new Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus. Uh, I'm if it's a caucus, I'll uh, I'll whip my cock out for it. So uh, <laughs> you put the cock in caucus absolutely uh so yeah so i'm gonna work on my camera here a little bit see if i can't un- unscrew myself being trying to be a little more uh family friendly here it's not gonna end up well because i'm still drinking but well we'll try yeah, i caught we'll try the right. uh i
1: caught a couple of dirty jokes in the trish butler and uh the rob episode the other day i was i was cracking up though you were killing me for sure
0: yeah that's, that's that was actually one of the better uh episodes i think personally from my end that i've done uh because i was i felt a lot freer honestly uh that many libertarians online i mean hell just like now you got that many libertarians in a room together you feel you feel pretty free until we start arguing with each other yeah. well i mean that's <laughs> look 70 percent of all libertarians hate other libertarians and then the other five just lie or the other 25 just lie about hating other libertarians so <laughs> it's true
1: did you guys catch uh, the new Dave Smith today, by the way? Speaking of Mises caucus, he had Michael Heiss on just a few hours ago. No, I didn't catch that. It's good stuff. Definitely watch it. Pretty pretty much standard Michael Heiss-Dave Smith dialogue, just pushing the caucus, talking about successes. But uh, it's good stuff, man. They're they're really uh, defending themselves well. All the attacks are coming, but they, they handle it really well. Pretty much bulletproof.
0: I'll say that I, I- – I don't get into this infighting between the caucuses and the party and all that junk. I I'll join them. I'll listen to everybody's sides on stuff. I make my own individual opinion on it. Um, I know there's a lot of hate for Mises. there's, uh, I, I don't understand all of it. I think my opinion, my litmus test for, uh, you know, kind of like libertarianism is, do you trust the federal government? If the answer is no, and you think that they should be reduced or government in general should be reduced. I can I can work with you, you know, but yeah, it's just
2: (laughs) that's that's the secret to anything is uh, is, you know, going through life. Nobody agrees with everybody on everything to get it through life. What you do is you, you figure out what you do agree
1: on and you work together on the things you agree on. Right. Absolutely. Larry Sharp always says the 80 20 rule. Hey, there's Chris. No. Larry Sharp always says the 80-20 rule, though. If you can agree on 80% of things, he's going to work with you. Yeah, the 20% we can fight about, we can argue about, but we got to move forward on what we can agree on.
2: Yeah, I think so, Ron Paul used to talk about that, about uh, you know, he'd work with anybody in Congress, so he would never compromise his principles, and then he would work with anybody anybody he, who's where, where in an issue
0: where your principles align. There's no reason why you can't work with each other. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what we're yeah. working on. I, I, so... I've made a, a stand here recently. Uh, I'm not going to say where and with who. And, Cause this, I keep all my, unless it's a live discussion, I don't use names. I don't talk about where it's at just because, you know, even, even if somebody like DMs me, you know, that's private to me. That's, you know, unless they're like, Hey, we, I want to talk to you about this public. That's fine. But I, I took, I, I had a personal stand on something and there was some pushback on it. And, uh, I, I I am very particular about who I will work with. Um, I have to know that the the ends justify the means. That's my opinion on it. Um, so like, uh, I w- I will not work with the NRA. That is one thing I will absolutely refuse to do. Uh, even if they're saying all the right things, like oh we love guns, but yeah okay, but your track record says that you don't. You've sponsored and supported almost every piece of gun. Legislation out there, and it's not the good ones either. True. That's the key. You figured out that their
2: goal isn't what you thought it was. You know, you got it. You you, you can only work with with uh, good faith actors. You know what I mean? If somebody's deliberately lying, you know, or I mean, obviously, you can't work with those people.
1: My point of view on those coalitions, though, is: what if there's some NRA members who are on the fence and could be potential libertarians? And your unwillingness to go to those events, show your face, work with those guys, keeps them from joining us. You know, that's my thing is I don't go to other coalition events to support them. I go
0: there to pull their
1: members onto our side,
0: you know. Well, that's to me, that's different. You're you're kind of actively recruiting in that situation. But say theoretically, I was in a legislative position and the NRA is like, hey, we want you to help sponsor this bill. I'm probably going to tell them to lube it up heavily and cram it somewhere. Uh, because I tell them to lube it up because that if it's not lubed, I feel like that violates the NAP, and because it's a little too aggressive. <laughs> so that, I think that keeps me in the, the the fair lane.
1: Man, I think you should get KY on here as a sponsor. As much as you're bringing this up, Chris,
0: I need a uh, I need a uh, Jim Beam and Jack Link to uh to sponsor the show here. Keep us uh, heavily stocked
1: for sure. i I got it. Evan Williams for me. <laughs>
0: You sipping on anything over there, Rich? Uh, Kool-Aid. I gave that all, uh, all that other stuff up a long time ago. Oh, those statists, they they drink the Kool-Aid, don't they? That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> as long as it's your own Kool-Aid, you're all right, right? Oh yeah. Well, I can I can think of a church in Africa that would say differently. <laughs> it was it was South Africa, wasn't South it? South America. What? The South America, I think.
1: Hey, what? Oh, was it South America? Yeah, I forget where, but I think it was. Oh, you talking
2: about Guyana, Jim Jones? Yeah, yeah, John, Guyana. That's yeah. right. Yeah, there's Guyana, there's
0: Ghana. There's two different places. Yep. So I'm an idiot, but uh, yeah. So he made his own Kool Aid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he didn't drink it though. No, he, but he, he made it. a bullet! Yeah, I uh, I would, I would venture out to say that I'm probably the most internationally traveled in this group and I'm the one idiot that doesn't know where all this took place. Pretty much from 2001 to like 2015 I spent overseas and then prior after 12 to 13 and a half I was overseas as well and then now I'm just uh it's like I've forgotten everything about the world outside of uh the bullshit we got going on here.
1: <laughs> Where late? have you been rich? What's that? Where have you been overseas? Uh,
2: let's see. I've been to Korea. Been to Saudi Arabia, been to Kuwait, been to Iraq. Clearly a veteran, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um I've been to Italy. Um,
1: I think that's about it.
2: Okay. Germany, short and
1: briefly. We're all we're all pretty well traveled, then, and we're all veterans. That gives you a really big advantage when you're not fronting the bill yourself. But that's right. It's pretty cool. We've all been a lot of places.
0: That's good. Yeah. Hey, Greg Smith. I'll just let you know. Uh, that's the only way this show is enjoyable is if you drink heavily. So the more (laughs) you drink, the funnier we get.
2: I don't think Smitty needs any help. (laughs) Erin encouraged, man.
0: He's already on track. He's he's one of those... Is he one of those smokers? I only smoke when I drink, but he's always drinking, so he's always smoking? (laughs) Probably. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, got another vet in here. Let's see. He says, Vietnam, China, Hong Kong, Iraq, and Jamaica. Well, two of those things aren't like the others. Um... (laughs) I would say probably Jamaica was probably the most dangerous out of those. <laughs> it
1: depends on when you went, right? You're probably right.
0: Yeah, depends on when you went. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, so apparently Jamaica is a very poor country and it's very riddled with like crime. From what I've been told, I, I don't have personal experience. I did live in the Caribbean for about two years in Trinidad. Very crime heavy. Uh, no shocker there, but... Uh, they, dude, food in, I don't care what anybody says, food in third world countries is far better than it is here in the first world. Uh, that's, I will fight anybody night and day over that. But. They just have a much harder time paying for it,
1: but I'm sure it is better.
0: We'll see, that's. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he says, you rot right and okay. no, Montego Bay on a resort, so. Uh, depends on who you went with it was probably hostile but i mean that's just that's 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 living life i guess um yeah so they uh, in trinidad they had this thing called doubles and it was like it looks like it's a big pot of basically like roadkill about, about what i can describe it as but it is delicious it is one of the best foods i've ever had um they wrap it up in this like flour tortilla Papaya looking thing, it's crazy. I, you don't ask questions, you don't want to know answers. You just eat it, and it's delicious. That's all that matters.
2: Yeah, hey, I'll tell you a story about that. When I went to Korea, um, I was, I, think I was eighteen, and uh, all I somebody told me, whatever you do when you go there, don't eat kimchi. They said, I said, what the heck is that? They said it is rotten cabbage. It'll make you sick. Whatever you do, don't eat that. Right. So I started out over there doing everything I could to avoid that kimchi stuff, but I had no idea what it looked like or anything. And I ate it about four times, and was avoiding something else that just smelled like death, and ate the <laughs> hell out of the kimchi before I realized what it was. And then, uh, boy, I love it now. And you know, of course, nobody in my family can stand me when I eat it, but I love it now.
0: <laughs> he uh, he can clear an entire room by himself, and I'm not talking with a the firearm. They would. They got these guys. They call them Katusas. That were um, they were
2: Korean uh, in the Korean army. Usually they had money and they would the KATUSA meant Korean augmentation to the United States Army. They take these guys and they put us put them in our units, right? And they were good dudes, but they're all pretty wealthy and they didn't work very hard, so they got really cushy jobs and never could speak English when you needed anything, you know. But any, anyway, uh, so we used to make them run in the back of PT formations because they ate all that kimchi and you'd sweat out while you were running. Oh. So we, we used to make them run in the back. It was terrible.
1: I was I was doing tech school at Fort Lee, Virginia, and uh, we were going to this army mess hall every day and I just like fell in love with the salad bar garbanzo beans and so I would consistently eat, like a whole bowl of them and I was I'm six foot I'm fairly tall so I'd be in the front of formation and i'm I'm confessing and probably some people are going to be pissed if they're watching this, but yeah, pretty consistently I was gassing up everybody behind me. I connected it and stopped, but uh yeah, I feel kind of bad about that still. <laughs>
0: So I, I do want to touch on two things Here real quick uh, when I was going Through basic they decided because I'm 6'6 that I have to be alpha Run uh, I hate Running almost as much as I hate the ATF um, I say Almost because I wouldn't cut my own legs off But um, But no so there is this Interesting uh, phenomenon that you see Happen so prior service vets are actually A lot more likely to lean libertarian And that would probably because we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that in mind, Will, do you want to introduce your brainchild, your baby, the, the thing that you've nurtured off your teetle?
1: For, for sure. Let me, let me unlatch it so I can introduce it to you guys. Yeah. Uh, so, I started the Libertarian Veteran Caucus this week. With a couple friends of mine, my best friend, Braxton Voorhees, he was my bunk mate in basic training. So he and I actually met at MEPS going down to a basic in San Antonio. We we hit it off really well, been best friends ever since. He was stationed in Germany with me for a year. Um, So we've been best friends ever since, and he's down here in Oklahoma. Then another girl, Tracy Gould, who's also a veteran here in Oklahoma and a libertarian. So we got that going. Uh, We just realized that there was this kind of missing element. And I know people have put some veteran groups together in the past, but really, you know, Republicans are kind of hands off the military. They support it so much that they're not really willing to address the problems with it. Uh, Democrats, they don't really have enough military members to say anything about it, you know. So I think libertarians are honestly the perfect demographic to say, hey, here's the issues in the VA. Here's the issues with the military that we can actually address. And we've got the credibility. We've been there. We've seen it. So we know. Um, So that's what I think it's going to be about is addressing those really military specific issues from the libertarian standpoint, highlighting stories of people who have been overseas who have seen combat who have seen terrible things, and how that kind of breeds that distrust in government, we know those inefficiencies how it works. And also being a vehicle to recruit people to the libertarian party and the cause is hey like this is a group of veterans who understands things from a different perspective. And uh, if you share these mindsets, then maybe this is the place for you. Maybe, you know, you're not really part of old politics anymore. So, and yeah, that's our Facebook page. Got a, got a little logo and we're uh, 389 likes. So we're we're working hard. That's after two days. So it's it's a start and we're going to try to keep the momentum going.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely does seem like a, a good place for – so I might be a little biased on this, but I feel like any veterans group that I'm a part of, they're always a lot more, they're less likely to have like these people that report stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I've been in a few where people get butt hurt and go cry or whatever, you know, them air force vets. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, it's, it's, from what I usually see, they're very wild and very uh, entertaining and just crazy all over. But typically, it's a lot more um, group organized. You know, they—it's—it's it's the typical grunt shit. You know, you—you you call somebody an asshole and they call it to you back and you get over it and go on. So, For sure. uh, it, I'm really hoping that got there. Uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's – uh dude, uh, kudos on you for starting that. You're going to be – you're going to be busy, especially if it takes off in a large way. Uh, so, I, I do not envy you too awful much. I, I, for Anybody <laughs> want to know, I, I have offered help to help him out with some stuff. but uh.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate uh, it. You're right. I've been, my thumbs have been busy as hell for the last two days, just trying to kind of field everything kind of put stuff in the right place and it's it's just getting started and uh luckily i've got help and that's the biggest thing i've realized is doing some of this stuff before is you can't you can't try to do everything on your own you got to find the right people to help you so just get ready chris because i'm definitely going to be asking for some stuff so don't don't be getting too comfortable over there
0: hey i disappear i it's it's, it's as simple as one
1: <laughs> you're like those korean katusas pretty much huh whenever we need you
0: well it's like the uh the um Oh. oh, the coalition fighters, the Afghani National uh Police Force, whatever. Every time something would happen, some blow up, some get shot, they end obscurity. They disappear with all the Gucci gear we gave them. And then somehow, magically, the next day, it ends up on the black market. And then they show up like three weeks later wanting some more stuff. And
1: we give it to them, I'm sure.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, we do. Because, I mean. Yeah, A&P, Afghani National Police, yeah. uh, Jeff's over here covering my butt. Uh, but yeah, it definitely does come down to, uh, I don't even know where the hell I was at. I'm all over the place now. Jeff's covering me. I'm falling apart. Will's running the show now. Rich is, he's, he's getting ready to have me thrown out of the show. And y'all are going to get sponsored by Jack Link and Jim Beam next week. And I'll be over here crying because I ain't got no Jim, uh, Jack Link. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so rich what'd you do in the military
0: um i was signal
2: for an enlistment a little more than an enlistment and then uh went aviation so i'm a um an aviation maintenance manager that's what i do now
1: thank you were you air force or navy
2: mm-hmm. uh, army
1: army oh crap. yeah I'm surrounded by tennesseans and army vets and all right i see how it is
2: Geez, Chris, well, t- Chris! He went right from calling me well Air Force right into Navy.
1: <laughs> when I hear aviation, yeah, I, I, mean, I usually just assume. I'm, I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> I, I got the title right tonight. It's called "Let's Fight It Out." So I mean, uh <laughs> I mean, if Will's going to start calling people Navy, I mean, Rich will probably have to make a trip out to Oklahoma next week well, and violate We're I mean, I mean, I mean, getting
2: along so good there for a few minutes. You know, we got off to a good start. You know, now we get we get William Patton in here and we'll be uh, we can we can make fun of him talking talk about him eating crayons or something. That's all we're yeah, like, you know, well,
0: see, the problem is, is making fun of uh, prior service Marines is you almost feel bad because they, it's like you don't know if they understand what you're saying or not. You know, big words. <laughs> scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jeff, I'll put this up here. Uh, he says uh, men's department of the Navy. <laughs> yeah, funny. will it agree? It's more like uh it's like more like the boy section in the kids clothing but yeah. Uh you know, the the Marines will make a man out of you but the Army recruits real men so let's see.
1: <laughs> the Air Force is just a corporation man. We don't even claim to be anything else. We're basically working, you know, 9 to 5 jobs. Now it's not that bad, but I think there's what do they say? There's like two two military branches. The army and the navy because the air force is a corporation and the marines are a cult and i think that's the most accurate joke i've ever heard
0: no it's so i know what you're talking about but what it is is there's only one real branch Uh, there's only one branch of the military that's the army you got the air force is a corporation navy is basically a gay bar and then the marine corps is a cult that's what i've always heard uh and for anybody listening i don't give a shit that hurts your feelings because that's just a fucking joke um (laughs) uh, but uh yeah, dude, I'm 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 a I'm a real people pleaser, but uh, he's he's a warrant, so hey, I assume. You know. Oh yeah, so he's talking about a uh, rich, I assume.
1: Uh, that's a good point. I didn't know that. If I would have known the rank, I would have known. <laughs>
0: yep, yep, Braxton says the same thing.
1: So that's my boy right there. That's my buddy. He's my co-founder of uh, the Veteran Caucus. So he's been in Korea. He was stationed in Thule, Greenland, for a year. And then uh, came to Germany with me as well, so he's been all over the place too. We'll have to get him on here sometime, Chris. He definitely needs to be on. He's a smart guy.
0: Yeah, we can. I'll, I'll have just about anybody on unless they're a statist. Well, I, I've even talked about maybe bringing on some states, having some like hardcore debates. I'd have to be like fairly sober for a couple of days to do that and then drink heavily during the show, but just to get my money's worth out of it. But
1: I'd love to. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> so Bra- braxton golly but i'll put this one up here too what's the difference between a marine and a the submarine there isn't one the navy goes down on both of them nice
1: oh man we're gonna get we're gonna get like if, if any like lib socks or audacious caucus see this podcast we're gonna get ripped so hard on their little pages and stuff because not only are we promoting Mises, we're also making all these jokes it's gonna be bad we're not pc
0: I, I never said I promoted anything. I'm a part of every caucus, but, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I have no problem with people that want to be a part of whatever caucus. It's that's your thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not a, Oh, I'm part of this caucus. I can't be a part of this caucus. Cause fuck those guys. That's I'm just, look, I'm just here for the machine guns, the weed and the freedom, everything else y'all can fight about. Uh, so when, when my gay neighbors can protect their pot field with, they're you know they're abrams i'm good
1: what do you guys got going on there in tennessee speaking of weed man are you guys working on anything
0: so uh rich you you uh do you want to talk about any of that i got a couple things i can bring on on that
2: um i mean no i I don't know uh we kind of shifted gears with this last uh um uh, chairman, more into outreach and building affiliates and that kind of stuff and less on less on the issues. I know that uh, the former chair has got an organization. They're doing uh, civil asset forfeiture is a big deal that they're working and some other things. Um, I'm not really pre- uh, specifically involved in any one thing personally.
0: So uh, he's he's referring to the previous chair for LPTN was uh, Joshua Eagle and him and Justin Cornette broke off to form what is called uh, for all Tennessee. And currently, uh, they've been pushing some legislation. One got shot down and gaveled, uh, quite poorly out of a committee, which had been ballot access, which would have brought Tennessee's, uh, signature requirements for a state level, uh, election positions or like state house or governor or any of that stuff. would have brought it down from basically almost 50,000 signatures, uh, compared. So like Republicans, Democrats and independents in the state of Tennessee only require 15 signatures. If you want to run as a, as an L libertarian on the ballot, you have to have almost 50,000 signatures. And it's, it uh, it is a Jim Crow wreck. I mean, that's, it's that time period. It's right when slavery was ending before the segregation stuff. And it's right about that time period. I I don't know the exact date it was implemented, but it's, it's kind of that same, same mindset. So, uh, it's, it's been, it got gaveled out of session. There's a whole thing on that. You know, people are interested in it. They can message me and I can send you the information on it. But that got shot down. We're going to try it again. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those fights. we we'll to keep fighting. But there is some good news out of the Orange State. Uh, the vote took place recently for um, the no-knock warrants. Uh, And it passed in the state house for uh, 90 to zero. So no knocks are completely. uh, Well, once lee governor lee signs the bill or signs, uh, yeah, signs the bill into law, it will become, you know, uh, a thing, but pretty much no knocks are going to be illegal. Um, it reduces, uh, it, so it, it lays out. I've not, I'm struggling to remember all the bill. So you, if you're an officer in the state of Tennessee and you witness another cop being, uh, using excessive force, it is your responsibility now. And you can be, I think my understanding is you can be held liable if you don't interject and you don't intervene in the situation. It it enforces uh, de-escalation uh, protocols and tactics. It, you know, it basically reigns in policing in the state of Tennessee. Whether or not all that happens, we will see. But the simple fact that no knocks are completely banned now in the state of Tennessee, once it's signed, is a great thing. Um, the simple fact that they were ever allowed is just outrageous. It violates every principle of American sovereignty that you can think of. So
1: seriously, like it's one thing for a hostage situation you got you got a murderer or somebody you know with a kidnapping victim or something like that. I get it. For drug crimes, for any other crimes, pretty much you can you can knock on somebody's door and ask them to come to jail. It's just completely insane that we've gone to the military militarization that much that we justify that just breaking into people's homes and kidnapping them. It's of course you're going to get people shot. Of course you're going to get shot at. I mean, that's just, you're asking for it.
0: Uh, Kareem, I would like to argue that there's no such thing as real libertarian and you can at me, bro. There's no such thing as a real libertarian. Nah, I love Kareem. He's an awesome dude. He, uh, He's wild. He uh, says you're an ancap. Well, I mean, this libertarianism is, a, in my opinion, it's a sliding scale. At the very end of it is ancap. So
1: it's an umbrella term. Yeah, we got minarchist and anarchist. It all falls under it.
0: But uh, yeah, so Tennessee's working on some good legislation. Uh, I need to look into it. There was a bad, a really bad piece of legislation that would basically make it very difficult to pass any pro drug legislation. Um, I, I've not looked into it. And I need to, but it was basically, they were trying to, if you wanted to make, uh, like even for medical purposes, marijuana legal, uh, they would require a constitutional amendment to the Tennessee state constitution. Did it pass? If I'm remembering that right. Uh, I, I don't think it did. I don't remember though. I've, I, I've not looked into much on it. Um, I know that it was one of the smaller promoted bills. I do need to check in on it, Um, but I do know that was one thing that they had talked about. I don't don't think it had a lot of support from when I originally seen it.
1: That almost seems like one of those things that's so gray and complex it would probably not hold up in court very well. Like you start asking questions, like, "Well, what's a drug? You know, what's this?" That that seems like. It wouldn't have much success, even if they could
0: get it passed. Greg says it never made it out of subcom. So yeah. So the subcommittee that was, yeah. So that that's part of why I've not heard much else about it. Cause it didn't make it out of the committee. So that's a good thing. Oh, uh, that's, it was a big virtue signal too. If I remember right, the guy who floated it was, um, was
2: go- trying to amend something, another bill to add that in. And, uh, and it was lumped in with uh, what they wanted to make. I think the original idea of it was, uh, like an amendment to the state constitution that said that no one would ever be able to make a law that supported kidnapping, trafficking, this long list of things that, <laughs> I mean, what do you, I don't know how you'd get away with that anyway. And then he rolled in something that's stupid at the end, almost like if you, so that way you, you had, you are automatically going to support the other things yeah, or support, you know, making sure that, but I mean, how the heck do you, how, do you really like? something that's obviously immoral and illegal, legal. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's ludicrous.
0: So it, it sounds like it was one of those things where, like, at the federal level, you see that a lot, these ginormous 30,000-page omnibus bills. And somebody will come out and say, I don't support this bill for this, this, and this. You know, I don't think that we should tax people 25 cents per toilet flush. And then they will say, well, this person doesn't support a bill that would, uh, you know, uh decriminalize weed nationally he said no that's not what i said but Mm -hmm. because that's in that bill they can use it to beat them to death with it and it's Mm -hmm. it's i hate these bills i my personally i don't think we should have any national legislation outside of like once a year let them meet once a year shake hands look good pretend like they some we give a shit about them and then go home um Kind of like
2: everything under Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, right? Kind of like yeah, you yeah,
1: exactly. know what
2: the 10th you know, says. No, no, no need for that. Taking more than you know a solid afternoon, to be honest.
0: Yeah, because it only it only declares that they have to meet once uh, once a year, and it has to be before the week of thanks, uh, thank uh, Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even familiar with that. Uh, I think in the Constitution it specifically says like you only have to meet once and it has to be before Christmas because after Christmas pretty much is shut down all of its federal holidays and junk, but, uh, let's see. Ooh, my goodness. Kareem and Greg are blowing it up here.
1: Man. So we just passed in Oklahoma, an anti-cop doxing law that we couldn't really stop. I'm the legislative at large. So it's my job to get in the way of that stuff. And I didn't do a good enough job clearly, but, uh, so you can film police still, but if you post police videos and they say it was with the intent of doxing them and harassing them, you're, you're breaking the law now. So basically just extra protections for police. We're going the opposite way.
0: It's like it's like that bill in uh, Kentucky that they were trying to pass. Well, I think they did pass it, actually, that uh, you can't harass cops now. Like if you say something to a cop and they feel harassed, you can be arrested. You want to talk about a damn snowflake. You, How much of a puss do you have to be to, oh, he called me a bad name. I'm going to beat the hell out of him throwing handcuffs. That's some well, soft.
1: Actually, uh, I've actually got a misdemeanor on my record for that very thing. I, uh, It was a city ordinance in my hometown, Stillwater, Oklahoma. I just turned 18. I was walking home from my job at McDonald's in my bright orange polo with my golden arches on it and everything. And I saw some police arresting some people and throwing them around really hard. And I booed them. And, uh, oh, man, they were mad. And they said, hey, come here. And I was like, no, I was probably 100 yards at least away from them. So I started walking in the opposite direction. They tackled me. Should have ran. So I have a misdemeanor still. I haven't got anything else since. But hampering an officer is on my record to this day.
0: Yeah, because you yelling boo actually physically hampered him. You know, like, like that, you saying boo, basically you walked over there and was trying to help that guy escape. Those words hurt, Will. That's words are make. violence.
1: They tried to make it seem like I was like going to bow up on him and try to fight him and stuff. And it was like absolutely nothing like that. But, you know, when two cops want to conspire on their story and stuff, you're just screwed. You just got nothing in court. So I fought it. I tried really hard and I thought I had a good defense, but I was 18 and going against two cops, learned my lesson. I've been a libertarian a while if you can't tell.
0: (coughs) (coughs) Fucking Kareem's gonna kill me. He says should have had a donut (laughs) on you, ork ork, public sector jobs don't matter. But but Kareem, who's gonna build the roads? My roads, bro. Oh Lord. Uh I feel sorry for the three people that are still watching. Uh, Y'all must be higher or drunker than I am. But, uh, uh, oh, there we go. Got rid of one of them. So we can get rid of the other two. But, uh, but yeah, so, it, yeah, dude, it's, it's, you, how, how much of a sissy do you have to be to say, I need, I need protection from harmful words? Like, like, and th- the problem is, is these are like the same Republicans that'll call like Democrats or leftists snowflakes exactly and then and then they'll pass something like this like we need to make sure your cops aren't being made fun of
1: the exact same person they're both the exact same person on each side they just you know decide to apply those morals to different areas and that's why they think they're completely different
0: yeah it's just they fought i mean if you really if you really dive down into it right like I've I've talked to some guys who are like Bernie bros and they're like, Well, I don't think we should get rid of the cops. I'm like, no, fuck it, let's do it. Let's get rid of all of them. Let's let's like let's let's go let's go down the travel hole. He's like, Well, I think we need to fix the policing system, but I don't think we need to. I'm like let's do it. Yeah. I said I said, Do you wanna get rid of guns? Let's give it to cops. Let's do it. I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing. That's Oh my god, that's the argument I make about everything. So, uh, Republicans like supposedly like guns and like cops, but the problem is, is cops enforce unconstitutional laws, like you know the NFA or you know the eighty four or eighty six machine gun ban, or no, it's uh, the they they renewed it in like eighty six, but it's been a ban for no. Oh, I'm sorry. The eighty-six ban basically just is the deadline for when you can buy anything. It's all these laws. Yeah, get rid of state guns first. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so it, we can we can go down a rabbit hole on that one. We could. We're about thirty-six minutes in. We can go for at least thirty-six hours on that one. Yeah. That's mine. That's that's my fight. I love to. That's the hill I will always die on is that you can't like cops and like guns because and you can't hate cops and hate guns because somebody's got to go get them. And the ATF, you know, they can only burn down so many houses and shoot so many dogs in a day.
1: Exactly. And also in the leftist perfect world where all the cops are defunded, criminals are still going to have guns. I mean, like basically you're just going to have a world where all the strong criminals are preying on the weak constantly. And I don't know how that represents their principles, but that's what they're going to end up with.
2: Oh, well, they'll, they'll have cops. They'll have cops. It'll be their own program, but they'll have cops. Yeah, true. They'll have something, something. True will have
1: like those fluffy like uh, inflatable swords at dollar tree and stuff and hit people with that over and over kind of like the cops in England and stuff. I mean, they don't they get their asses kicked by people sometimes because they don't have any way to actually defend themselves.
0: Your your own defense is your own responsibility. That's 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 how I always implement it. Um and some some dude he come at me said, "Well, do you think black people should always have guns?" I said, "Absolutely." I said If you legitimately think the entire system is racist and hates black people, why would you not want them to have guns? Why would you not want them to organize and be armed and have their own community policing? If you, I I don't think, I don't think policing in the the nation is racist. It, It could be, I could be wrong. I just think it hates mostly poor people and just Americans in general. I mean, anybody who wants to think differently outside of like a status mentality you know, people who don't bend over for their, you know, their oligarchy masters up in DC will ultimately feel the brunt of what, uh, policing in the United States can do. I, dude, I, if I had the money right now, let's say I won the the mega millions and what is it? Draw five Friday or Saturday or something like that. If I won hundred million dollars, first three things I'm doing, quit my job, paying off all my bills, And then opening a gun store where I can start training people for nothing. Uh, Because the more people that are, you know, fully trained in firearms, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit what your background is. You, you don't have, so even if you're a felon, you can, uh, my understanding is you can still get training on firearms. You just can't legally own or possess a firearm. But there are like laser, like these training, you know, firearms that you can get trained on. So, I mean, everybody can receive free training. It's just what you can legally own and what not, what you can not legally own. Uh, turns out you can buy anything on the black market, though.
1: Hell yeah. You know they can. No, a lot of that gun control started because with Reagan and stuff, the Black Panthers were patrolling their own neighborhoods, carrying their own guns, and the white people didn't like that. The white leadership got a little scared of that. So that's where they started. A lot of our gun control laws that are still in place came from that exact issue.
0: So I I will address something here. So Greg brought up something good, something I was actually reading up on earlier. So he's I'll put the, the comments up here. He says, How about the cops that shot the baby after the car chase the other day? Knew the baby was in the car, chased the dad, kidnapper, and shot the hell out of the car. Uh, so my understanding is the dad was like a murderer or something like that, which dude's a piece of shit. However, uh that does not justify shooting a car when you know there's a child in the car, yeah. uh, that there's no, there, there's no amount of mental gymnastics. You you can go find Gabby Carter, the American Olympian. Uh, she, uh, she's not able to do the gymnastics. You would have to do to explain to me why it makes sense shooting up a car with a child in it. And, uh, Greg can correct me if I'm wrong. She was only like six months old, seven months old, something like that. So very newborn uh and it's just it's disgusting i mean let's shoot first ask questions later and we'll cover our own ass
1: qualified immunity they don't have any ass to cover (laughs) they don't got to worry about it
2: we had a guy in my town it was a few years ago um got pulled over suspected DUI. i think in the uh just right down the street from my house i forget where i was i don't think i was in town in fact i think i was overseas Anyway, he uh, gets pulled over and then tries to run, and the uh, and the cop jumped in the back of his truck and shot him through the back of the truck and killed him. As he, <laughs> yeah. and so I think I think in the end the cop be getting trouble for that. I don't remember what the the result was in the end. I think he did get in some trouble for that, but uh, and there was a little bit of outrage, but that doesn't make any sense at all.
1: No, I mean, I get it if there's if there is somebody who's a wanted murderer and, you know, they've already killed people and they're going to kill more. I get it. Like, and you've got a clean shot. Take the shot. But, man, it seems like it seems like this training that police are getting in America is clearly not thorough enough because the rules of engagement, like you guys, of course, know in Iraq and Afghanistan are significantly harsher and stricter than it seems like what the cops are going through here.
0: And and these are like we're, we're labeling. So well, we'll touch on that real quick. So rules of engagement are for enemy combatants. These are people we deem to be enemies of the state who are intent, uh, actively and intently deciding to harm Americans. The ROEs that I had to follow was you had to be, you had to be able to identify that you were being, the sh- being shot at you or number, another member of your unit were being targeted by the shooter. Uh, If it was something like they were shooting up the mountain at a goat or a rock or target practice, that's not justification. You had to be able to, you know, positively identify that you're being shot at. In the United States, if you're a cop, all you gotta see is a gun and just say, "Ooh, gun! Bam! Done. It's over."
1: My life. I was afraid. Mm
0: -hmm. Now,
1: uh,
0: uh, let's see. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's 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 exactly what we're saying. Uh, you know, the ROE's overseas compared to here in the United States is astronomically different. Um, you know, the it, it, Geneva Convention dictates that chemical warfare can never be used against an enemy combatant. What is tear gas? I mean, tear gas is a chemical, is it not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's my understanding is we violate the Geneva convention on a policing scale in the United States every single day of the year. You know, how many times did we use napalm in Vietnam or, you know, uh, all these other things that we've, we violated all these treaties that we created and we're like, we're good. Well, we'll just do what we want to. Nobody's gonna say shit. And then we just, we, we, we code ourselves in this idea that it's for freedom. Uh, Vietnam did not provide any freedom to the United States uh, Korea didn't either Iraq hasn't Afghanistan hasn't I mean we got we were attacked on September 11 2001 but our freedom wasn't in danger we're not looking at being overrun by you know Islamic extremists in the United States and so this is all this idea that we can justify the means <laughs> By the end result, but the end result is never. It's it's, it's never what we're promised. It, it hasn't been. I would say the last war that we fought that we should have been involved in was World War II, because you're talking about actual genocide, actual you know, rights of human beings being destroyed, Um and even even I'll, I'll guarantee you, I'll get blowback on that saying, well, it wasn't an America problem, but it it was becoming one. Well, um, one
2: thing one thing about that one though is that was all hindsight, you know. That, we figured that out at the close of the war, um, yeah. You know, the 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 concentration camps and all that kind of stuff that was all after the war. So so that doesn't justify the entrance for sure.
0: Well, actually, there was there's actually evidence that's come out uh, in the last fifty years that they uh, FDR knew what was happening in those concentration camps because you know we had the the OSI or whatever it's called. The uh, basically what the CIA became they, they were spying on kind of the Germans or whatever during that time in the 30s and they knew that they, they had a fairly certain idea that these concentration camps existed. They had no proof they had no photos but they were like we're hearing these rumors of this and this and this. OSS Braxton, appreciate you, you
2: Well it dude, makes you wonder why they didn't use
0: that to justify the entrance
2: They didn't talk well, about it when we entered, you know that would be a clear-cut reason, I would think, to get support for it. You know,
1: There's a really good book I read called Scapegoats you guys should check out. Sorry to interrupt you, Chris. But uh, it was actually about mostly Pearl Harbor, but about how a lot of American leadership actually had a pretty good idea that the Japanese were going to attack us. But basically, a lot of politicians and leaders in the military wanted to enter World War II way earlier. They needed the public support and couldn't get it. So a lot of people think – there's some historians that think that they kind of let Pearl Harbor happen – pissed off the public because we could have defended it a little harder possibly and it, it's it's you know it's a controversy but it's interesting.
0: So uh I mean so Rich uh you know so mine my, my personal uh look at this on entering World War II, as far as you know the concentration camps is it could have very easily looked just like WMDs in Iraq. I mean, we can say what we want to, but it's hard to prove unless you've got hard evidence. Um, and I I think FDR, I think the dude was a complete fool and he did so much damage to the United States by utilizing, you know, eminent domain and these industrial legislation pieces that basically socialized the America, basically socialized America, uh, you know, since the thirties. But um and I think I think he 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 would have more likely have wanted an, a direct attack because support for another world war at that time was less than like ten percent. So if I mean if he had pushed that and there was obviously nothing going on and Germany was just expanding or whatever, he would have probably been thrown out of office. If we had never been attacked the man would not have seen a second term or uh, third term or whatever it was. At which point we, uh, you know, I, I'm not good with geography or when presidents were in office. I can I can kind of give you like these generalized like time stamps on when they were there, but, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What did he say here? Just as happening in Yemen. Uh, yeah.
1: Do, and that's true. Americans don't care about that. Only They don't even know. Talk about it.
2: They don't even know. They, 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 have no they don't.
0: Idea. They don't even give a shit about what's going on in China. And how many news articles have we talked about the 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 Uyghur Muslims? And uh, yeah, we I did. I can't say it. I'm, I'm gonna come off saying something real bad. I think
1: it's Uyghur. I
0: think you got it. Uyghur Muslims in China. I, I usually just refer to them as the the Muslims who are being massacred in China. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about that. Uh, they'll they'll say that you know. It, look, I'm I'm not a big Trump supporter. They'll say something like Trump's the worst thing that's happened in the tw- uh, 21st century. Mm. Is he though? There's
1: worse things happening right now. Have <laughs> yeah.
0: Is he though? Yeah. So it's it's crazy. It's. Yep. Yep. It, Kareem hit it right there. Yeah, um,
1: East Turkestan. It's terrible.
0: Saudi is supported heavily by U.S. government in dollars. Yep, yep. They, we justify Saudi support. Who the Saudis are? That's a really, it's a really disgusting regime. I mean, they do some really awful stuff, and we just overlook it because somebody in the government somewhere is making money off all this and lobbyists and all that crap.
2: Think about it this way. What's our record for solving any of those problems anywhere around the world, regardless of whether or not they're bad or whether the regimes that are doing them are, you know, are despicable and all that stuff. We have a rotten track record of stopping it anyway. So really, before I personally, before I get into a big, you know, debate with myself or whatever about, you know, well, is this something that justifies, you know, our involvement? or whatever. The first thing I think of is as look at their crappy track record. And then I got to ask myself, is, is that an accident? You know, I mean, uh, or is what's going on around, around the world where we aren't supposed to happen that way. You know, I don't know, but um, so anyway, I mean, you know, it's, it's almost to me a secondary point, whether or not it's a justified reason for us to do something. If you know, with some kind of surety that you're, that our intervention it's not going to work anyway, then is it worth the hundreds of thousands of, of lives and the mangled Americans that come back from these things and all that. Yeah. And I'm not usually a utilitarian kind of arguing guy. I'm usually kind of deontological about, you know, what's right and what's wrong in that. And, uh, but this is one that just, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm just rambling now, but,
1: but, but, uh, You know, that's a culture that's different than ours a lot, but close enough to ours, it's Western enough to where we could actually destroy it and kind of rebuild it. And it actually became something better. We can't do that in Yemen. We can't do that in East Turkestan and China, you know, so you're you hit the nail on the head, The utilitarian argument. I don't think there's I don't think there's a perfect solution. We can take some leaders out. Will they be committing another genocide in 10 years? Probably.
0: Well, that's that's the thing about, you know, authoritarian regimes, Every single one that you can name me, the more power they have, the more likely they are to commit genocide. You know, you look in, you look at the Soviets when they first formed the Soviet Union, Uh, they took over from the czar. How many It was it? They estimate 60 million people died from Soviet rule from 1919 or something all the way up to the 80s when the Berlin Wall came down. Uh, 60 million people that out, that blows Germany out of the water. Now Germany, you know, they done 6 million in the course of like almost 10 years. And it's not even that long, but you know, you know, China, very authoritarian. You are seeing genocide and I dude, I don't see the U S being far behind. I really don't. I mean, it's not, it's not a specific group of people other than poor, but you know, we keep giving these idiots more power. You will see something like this come down the road. Um, you know, we've we've seen in the past. You know the the Tuskegee, uh, the Tuskegee experiments. You know, you've seen with um, those CIA uh, ops, the uh, the mind control one. What was it? Uh, uh MK-, there, there was MK-, MK Ultra. How many people died during that? They still haven't released the numbers on that. They're not going to. they they will never admit. A body count on that one, They're, dude. You could even go on the uh, the the FOIA uh, site for the CIA, and supposedly, uh, in some of the documents, um, no, I, I remember that it is on there that they actually like had a office party in the CIA and spiked the punch just to see what would happen. These, these are people that fucking work for you, and you're like, yeah, here's some LSD. Have a good time what
1: psycho man
0: dude it's yeah jeff it's yeah it's mk ultra appreciate it. but um yep kareem's right you know joe uh you know comes down to make america one giant switzerland and i've talked to people and you know my my when i talk to republicans typically is uh you know, they're like, well, what about the military? I'm like, we can still have a military. I said, we had a military prior to World War II. And, you know, during World War II, we weren't taxing at the rate we are now. I said, w- it wasn't even close. It was, uh, you know, 90% of... If, uh, once again, I could be wrong. It's, I've slept since I've done this research. But I want to say it's like 75 to 90% of all funds used to fund the war effort in World War II was from bonds. And we had a huge military force then. Uh why well, can we have that now? I mean, why do we need to tax at an exorbitant rate? And I can tell you why. Because all these people are getting these kickbacks from, you know, these failed R&D projects that are padding somebody's pockets. You know, what was it? Uh, Four or five years ago, they come out with this thing where this company had taken a, almost a billion dollars or so on trying to redesign the ACUs for the Army and come up with nothing but kept the billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Some, somebody in Congress got fucking rich off of that. I guarantee you that shit.
1: The Pentagon lost like a trillion dollars. They uh, just have no idea where it went. There was something where they spent like 100000 on a mug, and that was they found that in some budget somewhere, and they can't explain what mug it was or whatever. But, I mean, it's clearly ridiculous how bad it's gotten at this point.
2: <laughs> There's no uh, – I remember reading this probably about 15 years ago that there isn't any mechanism in place to to, uh, to audit the Pentagon. They don't have a tool, any kind of way to know goals. You know?
1: We have to do yeah. that. You know what? That's veteran caucus territory. I think that's going to be something we push. Audit the Pentagon. Take Ron Paul to the next level because they need it as much as anybody else does. For goodness sakes, they're off the rocker.
0: Yeah, I mean, really. That's if you look at every budget in the United States government, every single one of them. By far, the DOD is the highest spending. Um, for no good reason. I mean, there's no good reason why we're spending was almost two trillion dollars a. Uh, what is it a year, or two or three years, whatever the budget proposal is for the DOD. Uh, and, uh No, I think it's 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 about a trillion now because I think under Trump. He jacked it way up and it's like up to a trillion some now. But uh, if you you really dive into that, a lot of that is R&D stuff. For stuff that we're already way ahead of most other nations in a lot of stuff. But a lot of this R&D is like petty shit that doesn't even matter. It's not like... Prime example. It just hit me. Forbes came out with an article like two days ago how the DoD spent billions over the last 10 years on ships that are basically useless. They said that these ships have had to be retro, like, had to be refitted three or four times in order to be usable. The way, my, in my mind, the way this should work, right? It's like buying a car. Buying a battleship should be just like buying a car. You buy it and it don't work, they refund you the money or they have to fix it. It shouldn't be that we're the taxpayers are fronting the cost on all this. These these companies are not struggling for money. These these uh DOD contractors are not struggling for money. You know, you look at uh BA systems or you look at uh north of Grunham or you look at um uh what's the one that starts with an L? Uh Lockheed Lockheed Martin. They are not struggling at all. They're selling plenty of stuff in the civilian market. They they can make their money. They're selling stuff overseas. They're selling they're selling all kinds of stuff. They have no problem making money. But they definitely not having they definitely don't have a problem with making money when we're basically giving it to them. And they they say, oh well, it didn't work. We're going to need some more money to make this work. And we're like, okay, here's here's another, you know, six hundred thousand dollars to uh, make it work. Uh, I mean, if, if, if I bought an iPhone, like let's say the iPhone 286,000 comes out tomorrow and I bought and don't work, let me tell you something right now. I'm a, I'm going back to the store and I'm taking it back. I'm getting my money back. If it don't work, I don't want it. I'm not going to pay money. And uh, could you imagine buying a phone that initially didn't work? And they say, well, to make it work, you're gonna to have to give us the double the amount of money that you originally gave us in order to make it work. But the I'm violating that, you're that NAP.
1: That, you're losing those lobby donations, man. That's what it all goes back to. They can't ask for that. That's not about what's right or reasonable. It's about getting reelected, and that's that's the system we're in now. Same thing with the F-35. Just like those ships, they've admitted that's a complete failure. You know, everybody, everybody in the Air Force who was in aviation already kind of knew it going into it. They already knew that we had better fighting capabilities. But um, it's not, it's not about doing what's best. It's about keeping the money flowing. Well, if you,
2: if you read, uh, economics in one lesson, there's a chapter in there about, um, about public works, investing in public works, which is pretty, you know, it's pretty, uh, appropriate for what's going on right now with with uh you know, the biden but biden administration want to do all this public infrastructure spending right and so what's the focus the focus if you listen to it at least you know a few years ago they talked about well, we got bridges all over the place going to collapse on everybody then you get in the weeds and you find out you know they're counting every bridge in the country which includes you know a culvert with some shell rock on on top of it going over a canal you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um but aside from that, so you already got money yanked out of the private sector, which is already screwing things up. And then but the problem with this focus on jobs, that's what they're talking about. The big thing right now is all the jobs are going to create with all this infrastructure work. Right. And when you do that, the problem is what's the problem you're trying to solve? Are you trying to solve infrastructure you know, issues or are you trying to create jobs? If it's infrastructure, well, then there's at least maybe not a lot, but at least there's a little bit of reason to try to be efficient or or something. But if your job, if your purpose is creating jobs or stimulating the economy, that's right. You want twice as many people working there. You want to pay them twice as much money and you want to make, take it, make it last twice as long. That's success in an infrastructure project. That's. A- yeah, it's terrible. I mean, man.
1: that's absolutely hit the nail on the head.
0: I've, I've got a bridge down the road for me. That is, it's, it's, As far as I understand it's still a working bridge but it's closed off because it's just not been maintained. Uh, Theoretically under that infrastructure bill or whatever they would have to fix that bridge but the bridge literally goes into the back side of this plant we have right down the road here that they don't want open. They don't want it open. They would rather have it closed and just let the bridge waste away into nothing. But theoretically under an infrastructure package they'd have to fix this bridge that goes nowhere and that's that's the problem is they say oh well the infrastructure is crumbling you know uh, was it minneapolis or no no one minneapolis where was that big bridge collapse about seven years ago Uh, it killed like 20 some people it was here in the u.s and that's when they really started, Like I think it was under the Obama administration, they really kicked off the infrastructure talk about how America's infrastructure is collapsing. Um, I want to say it was like twenty some people. There was a bunch of cars on the bridge when it collapsed. Um, but in Texas, like Dallas or something. I don't.
2: It seems like it maybe. rings bell, but I can't. It seems like I can see the picture of it in my head right now. But I don't know. I can't
0: but. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, the problem is, is this, these funds, they're not being audited. And so the funds are just going wherever they want to send them to. And that's really the big, uh, I mean, that's, that's my biggest concern is, you know, no, it's not my biggest concern, but, you know, we're sending these funds out and the, the, the auspicy that, you know, Oh, we gotta fix America's crumbling infrastructure, and then they'll spend three hundred million dollars to build a bridge over a lake, and then somebody's cousin's getting their pockets padded.
2: Yeah, or you can pour it into the Defense Department or National Defense, where you can't, where it's not audited at all. You can just pour it into that, and I mean, somebody's getting the money, you know, and it's going through the banking system. This is doing all the things that that um, it's, I, think it's, I think it all comes down to, to monetary policy. Really, it's 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 um it's stimulus. It's it's the Fed printing out money, taking care of their banker buddies, um, and you got to have something to spend it on, you know. And defense is a great thing to spend it on because you're spending it on stuff that you're going to send somewhere to get blown up, and so it's not like it's going to be hanging around. You're going to have to replace it, so it's a great you know place to pour all this money into, and and they get all their you know it's it's all that Keynesian crap, but it's a uh, absolutely. Um, they, you, know, you keep printing the money, you got to do something with it, you know?
0: So I do want to address what Jeff Burroughs said. And he said, but really compared to international cities, our cities are run down. That, that may be true, but if you look at Not most much. nations, yeah, in most nations, if you're talking compared to the United States, you're talking, you know, three or four major cities, and you're talking a population of road fucking island in those cities, and we're... T- you know, we're the United States. We've got fifty states. We've got a major city in every single state, uh, except for Oklahoma because nobody likes Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna fight. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll just call somebody in Texas. They'll take care of y'all again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, if you, uh, yeah, yeah, you 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 gonna start singing Oklahoma for me?
1: Oh, I can. I know the harmony and the melody. What
0: do you want? Don't. No. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, really, I mean, if you look at America's major cities, they do kind of look run down. But if you really think about it, the the actual structure of the cities have outlasted, you know, some countries. Um, you know, we're a very young nation. We're only, we're not even 300 years old yet. And, we have a lot of stuff to figure out but infrastructure is really not that big of a problem i mean people are going to build stuff they're going to knock something down build something else in its place mm-hmm. and um uh if you look at what is it st louis st louis has uh, a secondary city buried underneath it because due to the st louis fire uh from 1920 something and there's a big section of the city that's from when the fire happened, that's actually underground where we built on top of that. Um, and I was, was it St. Louis or was it Chicago? It might be Chicago. Uh, Cause I was talking to somebody about this recently, but they built an entire, the city that's there now is built on top of that old city. And, and, they just said, well, we can't salvage it. So we'll just build on top of it. They just laid out dirt and just built on top of it. And that's, that's, that's a very American thing. That's a very uniquely American thing. I would say, because if you really think about it, we, we do not tolerate failure. in there's a lot of aspects of life, except for when it comes to our government, because we, apparently we are like tread on me harder daddy. But, um, we we in our personal lives, Americans typically do not accept failure for a lot of things. I mean, hell, you look at you look at the, the expansion west. People are like, "Yeah, you're going to die if you go out there." Like, hmm, oh. gold, but there's yeah. gold. They, they're golden hills.
1: Nah, there might be some truth about international cities, depending on what you're talking about. Of course, you go to like developing countries. There's nothing near us, but. Yeah, maybe I'd rather walk around the clean streets of Frankfurt, Germany, than Oklahoma City most days. But I would never be willing to pay the 50% income tax, 40% VAT tax, all that that comes with it. I'd much rather have my freedom and get to develop that on my own. Man, I got enough reasons to worry about that. Don't even... No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so dude, we're not going to go back into the menthols thing. I I started (laughs) that the other night.
1: On that, didn't we?
0: Yeah, it's it's fucking stupid. That's all I'm gonna say. If if you think that banning menthols will save lives, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, That is the
2: most tone deaf thing I've heard come out of a presidential administration ever.
1: So That's
0: i i can't I. I mean think about how racist it was it was like 87 percent of black people smoke menthols or I, i'm sorry 87 percent of people uh black people who smoke smoke menthols we need to ban menthols imagine imagine like if somebody okay. come out and said fried chicken is killing people uh Whatever percentage of black people eat fried chicken, we need to ban fried chicken.
1: Exactly, man. Exactly. That's
0: to me. That's the same thing. How fucking racist do you want to be and get away with it? because apparently the Joe Biden, Biden
2: can. Race. Imagine if Trump had come out with the menthol ban
1: idea. Oh, completely different response. Oh my god.
0: But dude, it's just it's yeah it's. And I'm I'm sure I'm gonna fucking get crap for the the fucking fried chicken thing. Whatever. I don't. No. I, I I, I, but I'm being it. honest. I'm just I'm I'm look. I'm just being honest with you. It, I, I don't think I can make a joke and be as racist as Joe Biden is like being being legitimately like trying to pretend like he gives a shit about people. It blows my mind how how stupid this is, and a lot of people cover for him like, well, you know, cigarettes aren't bad for you, okay? Yeah, they are. So is fast food. So is soda. So is alcohol. So is sugar. So is Uh, sunlight, we're going to ban sunlight next because it causes skin cancer. Uh, cars, they're bad for you because they create CO, uh, carbon, uh, carbon monoxide, uh, and dioxide. Um, let's go ahead and ban all plastics because plastics create, uh, cause cancer, uh, pesticides, they cause cancer. Let's ban all those, uh, all tobacco products, uh, water bottles, water bottles. If you leave them in the sun too long in your car and you drink it, the plastic comes off can give you cancer uh so let's just
1: liberty argument man nobody talks about freedom anymore it's Mm -hmm. like they think if they can justify it with safety now maybe that's what the menthol thing is maybe it's a litmus test it's like hey we've done covid and y'all have proven that you're very sheepish for lack of better words i don't want to sound like a republican but you know sheepish by doing everything you're told let's see if we can bend menthols let's see what the response is and honestly i don't even hear much outrage so Nobody has the freedom argument anymore. Nobody cares about that principle. If they're making the world healthier, it seems like you've got support now, and that's enough. Uh,
0: I mean, how many ad campaigns do you see on a daily basis about how bad tobacco is for you? People know. We just don't give a shit.
1: Exactly. It's our Uh, right. It's that choice.
0: Kareem says the state is bad for you, and it affects 100% of Americans. Let's ban it. Uh, I second that motion. Uh, Jeff Burrow says, state ban. Uh, I don't know if you mean banning the state or if you're talking about a state-by-state ban on menthols. I'm going to assume you're talking about banning the state uh, just for the sake of uh, you not getting shit on in the comment section. Okay, he says I do, so we're good. We're all
1: uh, good. Yeah, ban the state.
2: Well, here's yeah. something to think about, though, too, because we're talking about how stupid they got to be, right? And here's what I, I've been thinking about the last few years, because I used to think they were stupid, too. I don't think they're stupid at all. I think I think that the reaction they get is exactly what they want. Hmm. That's what I – this is – most of it was foreign policy stuff. You know, you go around and think, well, how stupid can we be to keep doing these things that turn into such debacles – and it dawned on me one day. Well, maybe, maybe we're the stupid ones because we believe that crap, you know. Huh. So I think I don't think there's anybody dumb in Washington. It's like people said that they like Donald Trump because he wasn't a, a politician. And I'd always say he got elected president. Yeah. How could he not be a politician? Good point. The
0: day you get elected to something, you're a politician. I and even before I don't, that, I, don't you
2: know, I don't I don't think you get to the White House by not being a politician I don't think I there's any,
1: exactly how to I don't, there's party. any
2: path to the to the White House that way so I, I think so I look at the, the menthol thing you know, I'm thinking about how tone deaf that is you know I even said how tone deaf that is but but there's people running that show in Washington DC and beyond Washington DC that, that they I mean are they're, they're four moves on the chessboard ahead of all this stuff
1: absolutely and
2: I think they're getting exactly what they want I think once in a while it backfires on it but for the most part I think they know exactly what they're doing I don't know what it is but, but let's just pay attention to, you know, uh, twelve to eighteen months from now. I bet whatever you see twelve to eighteen months from now is going to be at least partly because of all these things we're seeing right now that that don't make any sense and they all look so stupid.
1: And distractions, you know, yeah.
2: you know, like wear like mask and all that crap, you know, all that stuff that went down. You know, we're really looking at the, how stupid could they be that they, you know, well, they're not stupid. There's a there's an agenda behind
1: all that. There's an absolute agenda, and if I think I think the biggest thing is to reap subservience from us. I mean. They take Big a little, few steps at a time, see how far they can get and making it the race thing with menthols. is kind of like, let's see how much we can intertwine race into this narrative of taking freedom away and how much harder it gets to have that argument. Once you do, you know, Let, let's
2: see how uncomfortable we can make it for white people to talk about that.
1: Exactly.
2: I mean, that's a part of it.
1: Exactly. You know? Luckily the libertarians don't give a shit. We'll get real uncomfortable for freedom and we don't care. That's a hill we'll die on every single time.
0: Uh, it, it, yeah. But, so it, I mean, it is a very difficult conversation to have with somebody to explain. I think if you want to shoot up heroin, that's your right. M- your safety is not my responsibility. Uh, if you want to shoot up heroin, that's fine. And then people are like, well, what if they shoot up heroin and go kill someone? Well, that's two different things. That's murder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like if that's like the same exact argument they made about alcohol, you know. Well, alcohol makes you do bad things or it's uh, back then. They also use the religion argument as well. But uh, it's like it's like saying, you know, well, what if I get drunk and go get in a car and kill somebody? Well, yeah, you killed somebody. Uh, Heroin should be treated the same. You can shoot up heroin. But if you get in a car and go run over a family of four, you should be. uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean that's that's the argument. There's you know there's the ANCAP cap yeah. principle that, I mean I'm I'm good with like just taking care of it right then and there. Uh, like pedophiles, I mean if you, if you know for a fact somebody committed murder and you've physically washed it, I mean you can take care of it yourself. But uh, but yeah no, so it's the same argument. That is the so it's a, it's crazy. Every time you say well we should legalize drugs and say well they'll do bad stuff to get those drugs, I said. Well, people do that for alcohol, but alcohol's they legal. Do right? bad
1: things when it's legal, they do bad things because it's illegal. It's the prohibition that makes you have to murder for drugs. If it was at the pharmacy and you could walk up and get it, nobody's going to be killing for it anymore.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, you you should definitely be able to if if it affects nobody else, you should never be told you can't do it. Now, when it comes to like drug use i do think that you know it so my argument is drugs are bad for you and you can have a discussion with someone like if it's your friend who's smoking crack say hey man it's it's probably bad for you 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 think you can that that's that's an argument i can fight for it's like somebody cares about you they want you to stop you know like hey buddy i think you drink too much you know maybe cut it back extend your life a little longer but they tell you go fuck yourself that's fine but it, it shouldn't be this state issue where the state can just say, oh, we found some weed in your car. We're going to beat the hell out of you and drag you into a prison and throw you in there for 30 years. And this, this guy who's dicking down kids, he's going to get uh, five to 10 years. But you're going to get 30 years for having too much weed in your car. It's crazy. It's stupid. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I've, I've never seen, I've never heard of somebody smoking weed and doing some dumb shit. I've absolutely heard people getting drunk and doing dumb shit. Like, like, I know this guy. He got drunk one night and decided he was going to start a podcast called Not a Real Libertarian.
1: <laughs> and, uh, That's the that,
0: that guy, he's an idiot, dude. He he took on way too much shit all at once. And, yeah. So, You're doing a damn good
1: job, man. You're doing a damn good job, just so you know. You're killing it. Last The episode with Rob the other day, it's freaking tragedy that he lost by the way i probably bullshit i'm sure they cheated the establishment did but no you're killing it chris no
0: nah, don't don't lie to me but uh but yeah i mean it, really all these things come down to um you it it can be this personal level decision for an intervention right like also if Say, let's say theoretically, we have a libertarian paradise. If it doesn't affect anybody, it's all legal. If my buddy said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna start smoking crack," I'm like, "Man, you think you should smoke crack, or do you think maybe you should take that money and put it into your business?" And he's like, "I'm gonna smoke crack." I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I mean, I can talk to him about it, but it's it's not my place to force him into something, you know." Hello?
1: He's not going to smoke crack forever. Nobody, I don't think anybody does that. He's, he'll learn.
0: Well, I mean, if you smoke crack, you can smoke it till you die. I mean, that's really, a, that's, that's all you can do. That's uh, like, uh, I've got a. I'll, I'll be honest.
1: You recover, that's it.
0: I've got a bad drinking problem. My wife hates it, and she talks to me about it all the time. Uh, she Luckily for me, she's never put an ultimatum up there. It's like saying, oh, if you don't stop drinking, I'm going to leave you. Uh, cause then I'd have to quit drinking and I'd be, it, these podcasts would be a little, a little less entertaining. Uh, but, um, she's probably watching. So she's probably getting mad because I said that, but, uh, but, uh, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it really just comes down to, you can have these discussions on a personal level without the threat of violence. Number one, and number two, without the threat of ruining someone's life. You know, I, this is a this is something I asked somebody the other day. I said, "What do you think ruins somebody's life more, them snorting coke twice a week to deal with stress, or throwing them in prison, giving them a felony for snorting coke, and then it makes it hard for them to have a job?" I said, "Which one? Which of those two things do you think ruins their life?" He yeah. said, "Well, probably the felony." I said, "Yeah, you can I
1: recover said, from a drug addiction." You know what? We've got the Clean Libertarian podcast. You guys should look that up. Drew Cook, he's in the Oklahoma Libertarian Party. Freaking phenomenal dude. He is so well spoken. So, so cool. But uh, he's got a felony for uh, prescription fraud from like 10 years ago. He, he was a drug addict. I mean, he, he admits it. He knows what he did. He's recovered now. Well, he's an incredible dude, incredible job, but the felony is holding him back in life so much more than anything else. And that's just a perfect example the drugs are not the issue. I mean, he's completely past that. He's a stand-up guy, and yet he's got this stain on his life because of what the system did to him, punishment they did to him. But, uh, man, at our uh, at our state convention, we passed a motion for the whole party to request his pardon, so we sent that to the governor and the pardon for parole board. So hopefully we can get him pardoned from that. But uh, he's a cool guy, Clean Libertarian Podcast, and he's part of the Libertarian Party Sober Caucus, too, so he's making that movement, too
0: i would join that, but I don't want to be a liar. <laughs> that's the uh,
1: one caucus the one caucus Chris won't join.
0: <laughs> that's the one I won't touch. I just don't want to be a liar. Uh Jeff Burrows, uh you're a fucking liar. I appreciate that, but no, you would not like me sober. I'm I'm very bland. Uh I I get really I get I get I get wild.
1: Hey well we passed our hour, brother. We're running pretty late.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't want to just cover this <laughs> one last comment, Braxton. Uh, he says, "Has alcohol ever led you question the teachings of the Mormon Church?" Uh, I think sobriety would have had me question the teachings of the Mormon Church. <laughs> but yes, Will is correct. It is past an hour. I've dragged this on twenty-one minutes longer than it should have, and that's my fault. And you know, I will do my penance and I will lash myself like the guy from that that Benchicole. underrated yeah yeah <sighs> <sighs> uh, so well rich do y'all have anything on a uh, plug patch fill before we get off here Nah, just uh you know uh, anybody who's
2: watching um definitely get hook up with your county and regional affiliates and uh, get hooked up with the libertarian party um if you're a libertarian go ahead and do it I think Tom Wood said a long time ago that uh, uh, you're out there trying to teach people about libertarianism and then when you leave them the first thing they do is they go to lp.org and uh, so if you you know if you want to um, if you want to you know promote libertarianism libertarianism and you want to promote a free society and you're using the word libertarian then get in the party and uh, and let's make the party happen that's right. So I would say that for sure. Check out the Mises caucus too. Don't listen to what the people say about it. Check it out for yourself. Give me a yell. If you need to, I'm in Loudon County. Give me a yell. I'm happy to talk about what we're doing and, and uh, where we're headed. Definitely uh, plug in with those guys. Um, find out what we got going on. That's about it from here.
1: Yeah. For me, libertarian party, veteran caucus, go on Facebook, like our page we're on Instagram or on Twitter. Even if you're not a veteran, you can still like the page. We still want your support. Um, we're going to do big things. We got big plans.
0: Well, gentlemen, it's been a good night. I appreciate y'all, and uh, let's do this again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for having and me. And one last thing: uh, y'all are not real libertarians because there's no such thing.
1: <laughs> You're not a real libertarian.
0: Yeah, that, that's right. That's exactly what this is. I'll see you later. Bye. See All right, you